Okay, so now we're recording. Oh my God, Mishy. I forgot what you looked like. Oh, well, I still look the same, just a little bit older. Just a little bit prettier. I'd like to say welcome back to From the Hip. Whoop, 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 whoop. We've had a little hiatus and it's because we just needed a bit of a break and I was moving house. So that was a big, 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 big thing. And our last ep that we recorded was about the shitful thing at moving house. Mm. So now we're here and we're settled. Mm. And we've still got so many hits from that ep. I know. So thanks to everybody who's kept listening and downloading or uploading or whatever loading you've (laughs) put on it because we still see your numbers. I know. And now we've hit five and a half. I know. How good is that? So we must be still rocking the charts. Oh, we're rocking the charts. Like rocking the charts in absentia. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, wow, what a legacy. Wow. But we're back now. Yeah. Be at the Met Gala soon. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, And thank you to everyone who has downloaded and who has continued to support us and who sent us messages about when we're coming back while we're here. So here we are from my new place. Yes. Which is fabulous. 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 Because we're always at Cats, partly because it's the swankier abode. And more partly because I get a great meal. I know. Well, you know, wait for that. Yeah. Anyway, don't forget to follow us on um, Instagram from the hip underscore podcast, from the hip on Facebook. We are back. We are engaged. We want to hear from you. We're going to be asking you some questions in the next few weeks. We are moving to a monthly podcast. We are. As opposed to a weekly podcast. It just was a lot. Mm. So we still want to engage with you all. We've got some good stuff to come. But we thought tonight that maybe we'd just talk amongst ourselves about you, Miss Michelle. I know. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk. Oh, no, actually, no, let's talk about, about travel. Yeah, because guess what? What? I've left the country and come back. Oh, my. In one piece. Oh, I'm so excited. Without even a foot bath. Oh, see, now I want to know about that because is that good? Uh Anyway, we'll get to that. Hold that that. thought. Hold that thought. So tell me, how did you feel about going on holiday? It was freaky. It was like the overcheck, 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 overcheck until then at the last minute I forgot about the 100 mil. 100 mil what? You know how you can only take 100 mil in your clear sealed bag on like, if you're taking liquids on the plane? Oh, Jesus. I'd sort of forgotten that bit and then, you know, quickly organised the press seal bags in the end. Oh, um, which was What all, did you have? What did you have? Oh, I don't know. Maybe some, you know, spray or... Yeah, perfume know, or something. Perfume or something or other like yeah. that. Nothing offensive. Yeah. I mean, we were only going six hours, although, of course... As it happens, because, oh, the airlines are in disaster in a first world country. Like, I still don't understand how that's not working. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. However, we went there on a direct flight. Guess where we went? Uh, Can't imagine. Six (laughs) hours. Where did you go? Six hours. Well, we went to Bali. Yeah. So Zaz and I went to Bali, which was actually Zaz's belated 18th birthday present, and she's 20 now. Oh, my God. I know. So that's what you do because we've had a pandemic, everybody. Yeah. Oh, as if you didn't know. No. Anyway. Anyway, we got our shit together. Mm. We checked and checked and checked and checked. Uh, Smart Traveller for everyone is a dodge. 
Uh, then in the in the time that in fact we went, I'll just talk about all the sort of governmental things to begin with. Sure. So we have Smart Traveller, which is supposedly the Smart Traveller's reference guide. The government thing. The government thing, which tells you, you know, there's a war in Ukraine or there's foot and mouth pending in Indonesia. Or, or we don't suggest you travel to Yeah, or Myanmar. whatever. But, you know, then when you actually click on the links, there's very little. So, right. in any case, we had Smart Traveller. Then we had the whole scenario just before we left of, oh, pending foot and mouth, right? So, oh at that stage, God. the farmers were crying out on the radio to shut the borders. Yeah. And then, you know, you do that thing of, oh, well, fuck it, we're just going anyway. And, right. uh, oh, okay, I don't mind spending another six months in Bali till I can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. more's the pity. <laughs> so, anyway, we and would you have been prepared to do that, seriously? Well... I don't know. No, I don't really. I don't know. It's all hindsight, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, Gung-ho at the time. You're back now. Yeah, back then. And so we got our flights, which we'd booked some time before, so mm. that was quite good. It was meant to be a direct flight, as you get from Melbourne to Bali, but oh, no, for some reason, Virgin needed to refuel in Darwin. Where ah. was Virgin going beyond Bali? Probably Jakarta. Right. So okay. anyway, so we went up, down, mm. up again. And had to stay on the tarmac. So, you know. For how long? Actually, only half an hour in the end. But, you know, you're leaving the country, A, with the nightmare stories of the airport, which I have to say must have only been in domestic because international was like a ghost town. Yeah, right. And, you know, the chicks at the desk were like, well, no, nothing's been really happening here. That was all smooth. And then um, we got to Bali for the G20 so oh. that was questionable whether bloody Putin was around or not. But we arrived at the airport, another ghost town, fortunate for us because we just whipped through in 20 minutes. Really? Versus see, I'm surprised by all of this because all I see on my feed is everyone either in Bali or in bloody Europe having a fantastic time. But not without their luggage. <laughs> oh, right? Okay. So fortunately we were on the direct direct, well, sort of direct. Yeah. So we were figuring our lug- luggage was okay. But, you know, I had the stories of people beforehand going, make sure you take, you know, a change of clothes and your bathers in your bag online in case your bag disappears. Well, no, we didn't do that either. Right. Anyway, we got there, all our luggage got there as well, which was mm. great. And um, I mean, Bali, I, that's my fifth time to Bali. The first yeah. time was like 1974 when I was six. No way. Yeah, and it's like Bali changes but it doesn't change because this is a beautiful Hindu culture that's Mm. still so steeped in tradition and every day the beautiful women are there doing their offerings and doing their blessings with their and, and it's you know, they take time to do that. So there is this there's a pause in their everyday existence. So, and, and I mean, this is a country that's a quarter the size of Tasmania. Mm. You do not have to do the Aussie shit. Like, yeah. you can avoid it altogether. When we took the girls 13 years ago, we went, like, mid-east, no Aussies, mm-hmm. no whiteies, pretty much. Yep. Then went into the far central west, which was the Spice Valleys, yep. which is incredible country. Again, totally local. And we didn't see our first Aussie till we got to Sanua. Right. Which, you know, then you see the guy walking along the page in his bin tent. Fucking mate, I'm in fucking Bali. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But again, so we went so we went to um, because it was Zaza's birthday we did a bit of Zhuzh. Yep. And found this beautiful resort in Ubud. Beautiful. Maya Ubud, which is just stunning. So and and it was like 
if you picked your place, you could go for four days and you'd feel different. Yeah. You just land, you're pretty much horizontal because all you're doing is lying in the sun or lying in bed or, you know, really Reading doing nothing. And you can, where in the world can you eat whatever you want from club sandwich to superb juice to, you know, nazi goreng or yeah. some delicious curry? Yeah. 24 hours a day. I know. Like it's the package and you don't have to do the Aussie thing. You're busy getting a life. They're busy living it. Kath and Mish from the hip. And did you remember how to travel? Did you know what to do? It, I, it was a bit of regaining my confidence because yeah. I've travelled a lot. And of course. so you have your routine. So it was, it was sort of remembering your routine and then this was an easy first departure off the continent, I've got yeah. to say, which was great. Yeah. But just, you know, what a privilege that your children want to hang out with you. Oh, God, yeah. Like that was just wonderful. And so, you know, Sars could do her thing, which was basically absorbing as many sun rays as she could. <laughs> So you went glam? We went a bit glam. We did the luxury escape thing. So we had the package mm. and which included, um, you know, massage, cocktails every night, brekkie, obviously. And yeah. so we sort of holed up in the resort for a bit and then ventured out into Ubud one night. Now, Ubud, interestingly, yeah. you wouldn't know there was a pandemic because that was pumping. Really? Yeah, like travellers everywhere. I tell you the other delight, which is that thing of leaving one's country, is the myriad of language. Yeah, right. You know, don't you love that thing with travel where you hear something, someone from somewhere and somewhere? So there were a lot of people from a lot of places. A lot of people from a lot of places, yep. Yeah, wow. Yeah, a lot. That's great. That was a beautiful thing to rediscover. And of course, again, such a familiar place. So yeah. you arrive and there's a the smell of garum and then there's all the guys at the airport with your name, you know, that yeah. I don't know, I think there's like two 200 guys there waiting for a passenger to hop off the plane, get your driver, arrive at your resort. And then, uh, yeah, so we went to Ubud one night and, uh, you know, ate delicious pizza because that's what you do in Bali. <laughs> yeah, right. When you go pizza. out. <laughs> yeah. See, I have nasi goreng for breakfast. Oh, so do we. So yeah, do we. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, and that was delicious, like fantastic buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like delicious. Do you love a buffet? I love it. <laughs> Don't you love a buffet? <laughs> so Sars would get her omelette cooked for her every morning. <laughs> I'd go straight for the Indonesian, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. pots and the little sambals and the, t- you know, the oh, yummy, have they have those yummy little tiny chilies there? Mm, delicious. Oh, yum. So good. And a bit of fruit. Oh, yes. And the shakes. And, you know, I went to, went to the lady on the side of the street and bought the kilo of mangosteens and oh. like I'm a shit barterer. And, and how was it, it was just you and Zars for how long were you there? Ten days. Ten days. That's huge. Was it good? Oh, divine. And that it's the familiarity of the heat, the smells, the sounds. So the sounds of the, you know, I don't know, the motorbikes or yeah. the ducks in the fields or, yeah. you know, some bonking little bamboo-y thing in the background. And and you get that in Ubud particularly. Were you, were you in like a ravine, like a valley and all that stuff? The resort goes along a river. Yeah. And so like their spa is located on the river. So you're lying there getting a massage with this river. Oh, as your soundtrack. God. It's beautiful. Stunning. Last time I went to Bali, I went on a women's 
uh, retreat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were in Ubud yeah. too. And yeah. it was in a ravine and you overlooked this beautiful thing. And same, same. You know, you'd do the massage and you'd be looking out on this beautiful sort of landscape and the people are just beautiful. Are the people still, like, I mean, they've been absolutely buggered, right? Oh, buggered. Uh, buggered. Yeah. Are they still feeling positive and kind and gorgeous? Yep. How, 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 what, what was the vibe with the people? They're just a gracious mob. Yeah. They really are. And yeah. it was interesting for Zars because being, you know, an older woman now versus a kid when she yeah. was there so she was conscious of the sort of staring the men like I think that day we went to Ubud there was a ceremony so there was you know lots of people dressed up and hanging around the temple and yeah. so that sort of leering thing but you know that took her half an hour and she could she get got used Irish. to that that was fine the main thing for me not the main thing for me one of my highlights being a dog lover mm-hmm. was the contrast of the health of dogs. Really? Yep. So two things. Contrast the health of the rubbish, like so much less rubbish. Why and do you think that is? Because the, over the years, like so over the probably the last 15 years, there have been conscious programs of clean up barley. Right. So, you know, I remember that trip 13 years ago and you'd be walking through some beautiful lush path and you cross a creek, cross a bridge Mm. And the creek's just like chocolate Full of shit. shit. Yeah. That's not happening now. Um, and the dogs who, again, I remember like 986 looked like they had bombs dropped through their shoulders and, you know, you're on a bus trip and, oh, we just ran over a dog, whatever. Oh, God. But they are healthy. So there was, there's this, been a scheme of vaccination and dog health mm. and, and it was they were identified by wearing a red tie around their collars right. around their necks yeah. and so that would indicate that they'd been part of the scheme mm. but that has now progressed even further where there's dogs that have collars and there are Balinese who have dogs on leads which means that's their pets pet. wow. dog is the bottom of the cast ladder yep. in Bali and my theory is the influence of social media which, right. again, is quite different from 13 years ago, for instance, let alone, what, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, yeah. is they're seeing other people around the world who have dogs mm. and so they become pets. It was astounding, but it, you know. And yes, but what I'm finding interesting is because what you're talking about there with dogs is almost a westernised attitude to pet owning mm. that hasn't been traditional. No. So is that a good thing? I know you love dogs. <laughs> I know you love dogs. And <laughs> you've got me. you've got a dog bloody hoodie on tonight that's the justice party for animals. <laughs> I get all that. Right, she's so fucking right on. <laughs> anyway, but is that a good thing? I mean, do you see what I mean? It, there, there is a there is a schism of culture there. Well, doesn't that sort of just demonstrate an extension like that you can introduce a new stream into your culture and in fact embrace you know another part of life being these animals i mean you know cows are revered obviously yeah and if they haven't got foot and mouth if they haven't got foot and mouth yeah cats you see cats but they're sort of incidental yeah but the fact that that you're talking about people walking walking pets with leaves i've never seen that no exactly exactly amazing Amazing. Wow. And they were not rabies dogs anymore, rabies dogs anymore. They were calm. Well looked after. They were like dogs, you know. And well, maybe maybe COVID encouraged the Balinese people to find something else too. Focus you know? on home. It was interesting, those effects of COVID, because I was obviously yeah, speaking to Balinese. I was Balinese. going to ask you about Yeah, that. and I was speaking to a woman there and said, how'd you go in COVID? And she said, 
well, she had to go back to her village yeah. and they had to yeah. farm again. Yeah. But that was to, so they had food. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't I read, income, I read it, it was just food. Yeah, I read about a guy, oh, I can't remember the article and where it was, but it was about a guy who was a hotelier or a restaurateur or something in, in um, you know, downtown Bali who had to go back to his village and learn how to fish again. Yeah. Because they just, they had to eat. It was survival. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one story which would have been one of many stories. But do you think it, COVID has affected their personality? No. No, there wasn't a sense of desperation or anything. Or no. anger or no, disappointment or anything. No. And, I mean, look, you know, we went shopping and Sanua's not the place to shop. But I did. I would, Like I went up the hole, the, you know, tumbling on which is the main strip. So I, you went from Ubud to Sanua? Yeah, went from Ubud to Sanua. And so there's the main strip. And so I went up right up the end one day and there's the Sindhu market, which in the morning is produce and right. the evening is food yeah and so I went in the morning and there's all the beautiful ladies with their stalls and you know at, at each every stall there's the divine wooden box with the yeah. incense and with the know, but every stall yep. stall is blessed yeah and you know funny little COVID testing station outside they run just lounging around on you know <laughs> fold up chairs and <laughs> got their arms out and, <laughs> yeah, and then walked back along the whole street and sort of popping into what I could find were sort of interesting shops, which really weren't. But the stock in the shops was three years old. Yeah, and interestingly too, in the market, not bartering. Well, that is a shift. Mm. That is a shift. Mm. We're not dealing because we need to make up for lost time. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating. But still with this grace and, you know. Kindness. And kindness. And, they, you know, you still see the beautiful old ladies walking down the street balancing the baskets on their heads. Oh, and God, I love that. Yeah, so that's sort of gorgeous. Yeah, and the intergenerational and, the you know, the laughter of the little kids. And there's and still ridiculous amounts of people on those motorbikes. Oh, With crazy. no helmets on. Yeah. But, mm. for instance, in Sanua, there's a guy, an Italian guy, who's had a restaurant there for 22 years yeah. that makes exceptional Italian food, imports right. all the – imports Goodies. cheese and pasta and the rest of the produce is grown there. Exceptional pasta, like better than a lot of pasta in Melbourne. And this enormous ice cream bar at yeah. the front, which is just like sort of MCG stadium audience – and people, what do you mean by that? Oh, like just packed, packed, absolutely oh, okay. packed. Yeah, people filming, you know, all the veal, some chick in front of us filming the ice creams, and before she while she's ordering, and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, delicious, Instagram worthy. Like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, and the other thing, which you know, for all your non-smokers, is not a thrill, but maybe back in the day, you were a smoker. You can smoke in a restaurant. Oh, get out. Like that's a thrill. I mean, it's yeah. just a little sort of travel thrill. But isn't it, it's just a cultural thing, right? Isn't it just so interesting? Because it's always been a bit buddy just off tap, Barley, hasn't it? Sort of anything goes. Sort of, yeah. But then there's it, – well, it's a contrast because anything goes but then there's still so much tradition in which they're steeped. Another interesting fact is a lot of – they're selling off a lot of the rice paddies now for villas. Oh no! Because rice production is—it's so not an ex- heavy and it's not water. an export. It's it's internal, but again, they need to make money to. Oh, yeah. that's, see, that worries me. Yeah. The whole environmental issue in Bali is a concern for me, and I've been a number of times. And we've taken the kids and all that mm. sort of stuff. I just worry about that. I just feel like the place is going to sink. No, because there's so much development yeah. on a tiny island. Well, it's still it's still concentrated. 
So as I say, I reckon if I went back up into those spice valleys, there wouldn't be, yeah. it would be pretty much the same. And the other thing they're doing is now promoting West Bali. So in the west of Bali, there, Bali has one national park, which is located in the west. And so if you go, so on the west side is like Kuta and then along that coast you have Kuta, Changu, yep. the Seminyak, Changu, whatever. If you keep going far west, there's some other beaches yep. which end up being in this stunning volcanic country. So yep. you might be in your resort but you're looking out at volcanoes. So quite different country or you might stay in a villa, beautiful, like beautiful stuff, where you've got your own private beach, but it might be sort of mangrovey or a small reef or something like that. So they're sort of, they're promoting that as the Bali if you don't want to do Bali. Yeah, right. I still think the majority of people will go to Kuda, to Seminyak, do the beach club or do their villa with their cooks and their slaves and whatever. I still think that would be the majority. And I still think there will be the other parts left for but those of us who want those other experiences. So would yeah. you go back? Oh, God, I want to go back every year. Really? Oh, easy. Like for that relax because you know it so well. Yeah. You go for a week, book it. I mean, I'm there fantasising. Oh, what if a group of us bought a villa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, why wouldn't we? Why yeah. wouldn't we? Right. Oh, but then we just have to go there all the time. Yeah, oh, what a shame. Was it okay coming back into Australia? Oh, so coming back, we washed our shoes. Did you? In preparation. So that was responsible. You did that before you left. Yeah, just as a precaution. Yeah. And came back in and I had bought some spices, as I always do, star anise and some nutmegs. and and, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a wooden box, like an offering box. Yeah. So I was being really conscientious oh and i'd also bought the tiny little bottles of their chili sauce yep right so i mean to the supermarket bought them prezzies whatever dad or you know whoever and again being really conscientious going to put them in my carry-on you know declaring it all <laughs> didn't check the milliliter ridge right? right the chili sauces are 135 mil each right. so the barley guys at that end go- sorry madam you cannot take these on the plane. I'm like, are you serious? It's 35 meals over. Sorry, madam, you cannot take these on the plane. So they got chucked in the thing. Oh. And then got to Tala and pretty smooth through customs, whatever, and then went into the red line because I was, again, being, you know. You're so conscientious. Upstanding traveller. And waiting in the red line. So I went through the green line, got there. And then the, you know, customs chick goes, oh, where have you been? Been to Bali. Been to any farms? No. Been anywhere near any hoofed animals? No. Can I have a look at your shoes? Yep, sure. All right, see ya. Not oh. even look in my bag to see what I might have brought back. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's relaxed, However, it? that was past the terminal where there were, it was almost like a sort of sculptural installation of luggage. So there's, there's what? piles of people's lost luggage or left luggage just hanging around the terminal. Oh, God. Thus the stories that the media focuses on because someone's bag has been from here to here to here. And lost. Oh, it's just they've got no people. This is the problem. There's but no people. People are sick. I mean, Zars had friends who went to Europe yep. who never got their bags back. Not even, oh, sorry, your bag is now in... Somewhere. 
Amsterdam versus whatever. It just doesn't exist. So it's maybe there's lost. a new bag piracy that's generated. Maybe there's a new global piracy going on, which there know. could be. And then uh, another conversation with someone whose partner was in Newcastle yeah. for a few days to get from Newcastle to Melbourne – the plane was going Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah, right. Like, that's just ridiculous. It's just a mess. Yeah. Because Matilda's just done three and a half weeks in Cambodia and Vietnam and they, they had a really good time. They, and smooth. Yeah, I think so. Pretty smart. I mean, you know, just the normal little travel hiccups oh, yeah, and but stuff. Air wise. But the, yeah, airwise. Yeah, airwise, mm. they didn't get delayed. I mean, I've heard of people sitting 13 hours yeah. in Dubai. And, yeah. Darla, I'm glad you're back safely. Yeah, thanks. Bloody beautiful to see oh, you. It was a treat. Yeah. And yeah. great for you to spend some time with us. Oh, divine. And a bit I, of one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, and that thing of like not really realizing how burnt out you are until you go. Yeah, until you actually stop. Yeah, so and that you, you feel that tilt. And also, the most wonderful thing was to rediscover the art of sitting and staring into the nothingness. With nothing in your head. I thought I'd lost that. Oh, that's beautiful. So I recommend that for anyone to go to Bali, even if you're just going to get that. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Mm. Well, that's a good tale, my love. Thanks. So, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to you. Yeah. We're back. Back in our home. Yeah. yeah we're we'll just drip feed you a bit, but then you'll look forward to us more than ever. I know. The bitches are back. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's go eat dinner. Okay, but hold on a second. <laughs> we need you to follow us on Instagram, uh, from the hip underscore podcast, and from the hip on Facebook. Ah, oh, it's great. We're excited. We're revived. We're rev- well, you are. <laughs> well, I'm having a shit week with technology, but apart from that, you're back. We're good. Okay. All right. Bye, my love. love. See you See next ya. time. Bye.